As we come to a close of this year, we are going into 2021. A lot of people are trying to prophesy the future of our planet. Our, and even if they're not even believers, they're trying to tell you things have changed forever. This is the new normal. A lot of stuff is being said. And I want to challenge it all. And I want you to remember that only Jesus knows the future and that He's on the inside of us. And today, I want, we're, we're going to be starting today and into this new year. And I want to begin to teach about creating a stunning life by looking after heart beliefs. And today I'm going to entitle my message, You Are Stuck in the World You Believe In. This is a crucial thing for us to look at because so few Christians have worked the process. They, so few Christians have taken the born-again experience and then learned to walk and move continually into stronger, greater beliefs, changing every area of their life. The Bible says that you and I must have an established heart. Now I want you to know, and we've talked about, you also need to renew your mind, need to make your body a living sacrifice, all these different terms. Let's take a look at these and let's make sure that we are doing and working this amazing process and what do we believe about this process. So many people believe that serving God is hard, that, that growing in faith is, oh man, it's hard. That is ridiculous and that itself is a belief. For you to believe that you cannot change, that serving God is so hard, that oh man, I have an addiction and, and there's no easy way. Don't tell me just to pray. Oh, I wouldn't tell you just to pray. Because the problem with many Pentecostal charismatic types of beliefs is that we always want a miracle, meaning wave the magic wand of prayer and poof, something goes away. Or we blame the devil for everything. Now, the devil before the cross and the devil after the cross, the kingdom of darkness before the cross and the kingdom of darkness after the cross is totally different. And that is why so many people mess up. All right, let's go to Jeremiah 13, 23. It says here, can the Ethiopian change his skin? Can the leopard change his its spots? And of course the answer is no. And likewise, people cannot change their nature. They cannot change how they are. And from the Garden of Eden on, or the fall of man, to today, there is a nature on the inside of sin. There is this nature, fallen nature, that mankind is dealing with, which gives the desires of the body and the misbeliefs of the mind tremendous power in people's lives. And so as I talk today, I want to talk to Christians and I want to show you how easy yet powerful this process of putting on this new man and putting off 
the old man and what does this mean? Because so many people think they have two natures. A nature of life and God and then this nature of sin. And that these two are at war. Now when you think that way, you're making a huge mistake. Because we give the devil, we give the dark kingdom this incredible belief system of how powerful it is. The Bible literally tells us, and we've talked about this, that one day you will see who he really is and be shocked and amazed at how pathetic Lucifer is, and yet we have given him so much power in our believing. Many of you listening to me today have beliefs about the dark kingdom and about these, this fallen angel Lucifer, and, and you have given him so much power that everything's a demon. He, he's got incredible, and because of that, the Church of Jesus Christ has literally been, been just stopped, not because we don't have power, but because we don't understand how to walk out this incredible life. Now, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 to 15, it says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. Now, there is a teaching here that it would take me, I want to read a lot of verses, but let me just explain it that a sign of someone who was in covenant with God in the Old Testament was you would circumcise the males. Now, the Bible says in the New Testament that we have a circumcised heart. Now, this is crucial because when you gave your life to Jesus Christ and you were born again, there was something that was cut off and thrown away. And that is that this nature of sin, this power the flesh had over people, evil desires, addictions, and things like incredible low self-worth and anger and fear and rejection and stuff that some of you are still struggling with, the power of that was cut off. Now, this might be a, a, <laughs> a crazy thought to some, but hey, if you're going to do a circumcision, nobody wants it done slowly. Okay? And it says that, it, and it's not, it's done quickly. And Jesus, when you gave your life to him, he came into your spirit, man, and made you alive. You are born again. You have a new nature that is so powerful that it is as Jesus is right now, you are in this world. You sitting there right now, whether you're watching some nation around the world or here in your car, that if you've given Jesus your heart, there is a power inside of you that is like Jesus. But the issue is that you don't believe this. And so I want to begin to help you. And I want you to begin to work this process that the Bible teaches us causes you to rise up in such victory. And this victory is not hard. Jesus said that his yoke was easy, his burden was light. 
This is referring to a teacher in those days and taking on his teaching. Jesus is saying, what I'm teaching you is not like the, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It was so hard that almost nobody could do all their legalism. All right. Now, when you get into Colossians chapter 2, it says that when you believed on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you were made alive with Him. That, this, that the, very Jesus, the very Jesus Himself came into your heart. And that this is not earned. You don't have to clean up your life to give your life to Jesus. So many people have told me, Leon, before I come to your church, I want to, I've seen it a couple times, I want to come be a part of Springs, I, I, I like what you're saying, but I just got to tell you, there's just some stuff I got to deal with before I, uh, before I want to come. I don't want to come to Springs and be a hypocrite. And I said, whoa, 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 you're totally got this wrong. In Ephesians 2.8, it says, for by grace we are saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So people who want to be as integrous and honorable and they say, well, I got to clean up my life first, I tell them, no, you can't do that. You come as you are, as messed up or as perfect, whichever you think you are, because you cannot earn this born-again experience. And to even believe that is to never receive it. You cannot never earn your, your born-again experience. And to try is to be stuck in religion and never born again. There are even people watching me today who have thought they have been Christians for years because they've gone to church and they've tried hard to obey the Bible and they don't realize they're not even born again. What? They're not even born again. Sitting in a garage doesn't make you a car. Sitting at McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac. And sitting in a church, listening to messages, doesn't make you a Christian. You must believe that this salvation is a free gift. That you must simply believe on this Jesus, accept Him, and that is when this miracle takes place. So, there is, once you do that, your flesh, now this is an awkward word. I, for years I struggled with trying to understand this word because it's not a word that we use. So, he's saying that this selfishness, this, the, the desires of your body to, uh, for self-preservation, for greatness, for food, for sex, for companionship, for power, that... And it controls people. People are so afraid that they won't even love someone and trust them because they got to look after themselves. They got to make sure they get what they want. If they're married, they got to make sure they get the things they want. So they manipulate. And, and most marriages are nothing but a power struggle to meet the needs that each has in their own way. Because this flesh or this, these desires and the things that you're trying to meet. Uh, they're, they're, they're gone, but you've been trained to look after yourself. Now, there is no more power. There's no more power in the flesh. 
There's no more power that the enemy has over you when you give your life to Christ. The Bible says sin no longer has dominion. The, the word dominion means power and authority. It's gone. And if you don't begin to believe that, and you believe that sin is powerful, your addiction will be impossible to deal with. If you believe that sin is still powerful in your life, then you will continue to sin and just go, oh, well, I'm really glad God forgave me. And, and you could be a born-again believer going to heaven when you die, but on this planet, the sin will destroy relationships and physical body, your mind. And God is just trying to help you to live this life out in an amazing way. So you've got to begin to understand that there is no power in sin. Sin has been dealt with. It is gone. It has no power over you unless you believe it. Because what you believe trumps all else. I've often told people that my wife is in love with me. She thinks I'm amazing, but what if I don't believe she does? And so I come home and, and Sally goes, baby, how are you doing? I love you. And as I kind of evade her hugs, I go, yeah, right. But, 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 but sweetie, I love you. You're Oh, yeah, I don't believe that. You're after whatever. My body, my money, you know, I have all these little things in my head. And I don't believe her love. If I do not believe her love, I cannot receive and experience her love, even though her love is very real. You, if you do not believe this grace, if you do not believe this salvation is a gift, then you wander through Christianity from legalistic opinion to legalistic teacher to legalistic churches to legalistic TV evangelists who point their bony, bony fingers and start screaming at sin, empowering something that has lost its power. And instead, we need to teach people that you are alive with Christ. Now, listen to what I'm saying so you don't misquote me. Christianity is not a cross religion. What do I mean by that? All we hear is the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. Oh, I love what happened on the cross, but if you stay at the cross, you're just forgiven. You move on to the empty tomb, and the Bible says here in Colossians 2, verse 13, that now He's made you alive. This is the crucial part of Christianity. You aren't just forgiven. The old man's not just dead. You are alive with the life of Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk about this, because it's a gift. You don't have to earn it, don't have to clean your life up, don't have to get yourself out of your anger, your misery. Wherever you are, you come as you are. Now, once you are born again, you've got to recognize it's time to die to, your, to yourself. To, the Bible says, pick up your cross, crucify the flesh. All right, those terms, you know, a lot of people struggle. What does that mean? Okay, here, here's one part that will help you. Dying to your own opinion is dying to self. It's a part of dying to self. Dying to your own opinion. How opinionated are you? We're all 
very opinionated. We all have something to say about others. Everybody's got an opinion, even about the teaching you get today. People will sift through it, take what they want, put that aside, and they won't mix faith with the Word of God. They'll just take what they need to make themselves feel good rather than allow the truth of God's Word to confront error to confront things in your life and help you to grow. This is so crucial. If you continue to maintain your opinion, you know, I talk to people, even pastors, as I've trained pastors around the world and, and spoken in multiple denominations and, and countries, and, and I'll teach on something, sometimes to just pastors, and you can see their mouth hang open as they see a truth maybe they've never seen before, but they go, but you know what? I, I can't teach that because it'll just cause sin. Or if I start teaching that, all the people that follow us now, uh, we, 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 we've literally just, we've banked on this teaching and now you're saying that you've got to look at, and they struggle that their opinion is more important. Most of the believers listening to me right now have developed a form of religion. This is how you think. This is what you believe. This is how you make yourself feel okay with the struggles that you have and how you serve God. And so you have this, um, you've got this, this doctrine superimposed upon yourself. And until you are ready to die to your own opinion and go, God, I'm just open for your word to come in. I want truth. Because once you know truth, there's a freedom that becomes bam in your life. It's crucial that we understand this. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9, it says, Do not let all kinds of strange teachings lead you into the wrong way, take you off course, lead you astray. Your hearts should be strengthened, and inner strength come from God's grace, not by obeying rules about food. This is referring to the Jewish dietary laws all through the Bible. The, the, many of the Jews in the, in the New Testament struggled. that They stumbled at faith righteousness meaning that they were righteous as a gift rather than obeying a bunch of dietary laws. And so Paul is trying to teach this to you and I, that wherever we come from, that when you are born again, this new you in your spirit is incredibly powerful. And the, the old man, is what the Bible calls him, that used to control you, all right, he is dead. It's been circumcised off. Now you need to stop believing that the way you've been trained, the habits, if, if you get born again and you've got a habit of smoking, some people, I mean I've only met a few, have been set free from things that habits they don't want. Habits of overeating, alcohol, ha drunkenness, drugs, uh, you know, addictions that people can't break. I've seen and talked to a few people who, when they give their lives to Christ, that it just falls off. Others, I've had to teach them that the Word of God shows us that that addiction has lost its power, but you have to believe that. And that as you look to God's Word and recognize that the Jesus in you, this new nature, is a 
billion times more powerful than any addiction that you have. Once you begin to believe the word, it loses its power. It reminds me of the story of the elephant. I was reading an article about elephants and how that when elephants are little babies, they'll tie a rope around their leg, drive a, a, a piece of steel into the ground or a chain, and this little baby elephant will hit the end of that chain and, and try to get away from this, this chain or this rope around its leg, repeatedly hitting the end and falling down, hitting the end and falling down, till finally one day it realizes that once this rope goes around my leg, I am never able to get free. Now, as this elephant grows up and to become one of the most powerful land animals in the world, they will simply put a little rope around its foot, put a little stake in the ground that wouldn't hold a baby, and it will instantly believe it cannot get away, so it will not try. But if it would try, it could not only pull up that stake, but every tent at the circus, every structure around it, nothing's going to stop an elephant. That's like you. You gave your life to Jesus Christ. He lives on the inside of you in your spirit. There is nothing more powerful than this grace, this free ability that is within you. His name is Jesus. And this ability is far more powerful than anything. It's far more powerful than fear of rejection. It's far more powerful than anger, loneliness, than, than, than jealousy. It's far more powerful than sickness or disease or mental illness. It is far more powerful than anything, period. But in order for this grace, this ability, this unearned favor to flow out of you, it says by grace you are saved through faith. So we begin this journey of believing who we are. And if you do not begin to get into His Word and believe who you are, you will be stuck in the world you believe in, which sucks because you never change. Nothing goes on, so you develop a doctrine that makes you feel okay, stuck in all these weaknesses, addictions, mental illnesses, emotional issues, physical issues, relational issues. And, and, and so we just try to adapt doctrines. Don't do that. Come as you are, humbly, and say, Jesus, I want all of you. I want to know who you are, who I am. I want to understand this great salvation. I want to be able to get up and do my best for you. It requires us to humble ourselves, die to self, die to your opinions, and say, here I am, Holy Spirit, teach me. Now, one of the most crucial processes of this is the put-off, put-on process. In Ephesians 4, in verse 20, it says, I'm going to just dive in here because it's a wonderful chapter, but verse 20 says, but you have not... So learned Christ. It's one thing to be born again, and then you must start this beautiful journey of learning who Christ is. Then verse 21, If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth 
is in Jesus. The truth is not some sage. The truth's not in Oprah. The truth's not in your favorite New Age person who's going to teach you something. The truth is in Jesus. And it says that you put off concerning your former conduct. All conduct in your former life, you can just put it off. It doesn't say struggle, suffer, walk on nails, get on your knees for countless weeks and, and years of intercessory prayer. It doesn't say bind the devil and the principalities and pull them off their thrones and, and on and on. We've got all these stupid doctrines that have hurt the body of Christ. It just says put it off. Just put it off. You know, I'm wearing a glove right now. I can just take it and put it off. That's exactly what this, this thing means. Just put it off like a coat, like a glove. Just take it off. Take off what? Your former conduct. Take off what? The, the things you used to do that used to control you and hold you. Prison. Take it off. What are you dealing with? Well, there's hugely successful people who can't seem to slow down because their success, it takes over from their low self-worth. Daddy taught them that way, wouldn't compliment them, wouldn't build them up. And, and so they're still trying to impress daddy who's dead and gone. But, that, but, but, but they're still doing this. Put off that fear of rejection. Put off that fear of man. Put off that low self-esteem. Send it away. Put it off. Cast it off. It's as easy as that. So Leon, it's easy for you to say, hey, it's the word saying that. It's Holy Spirit through the writer Paul saying this. Put off that old. And when you put off that old, then there's something you put on. So put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. All right. Just getting more information from the Bible doesn't mean that you are putting off the old conduct and putting on the word of God. And putting on new conduct. It doesn't mean that. And so that's why put off, put on. Put off, put on is crucial. Now, for those of you who are mature believers, let me give you something to study out. This is the very first thing that new converts should do. Is put off old conduct, ways, attitudes, emotions, and put on Christ. Okay, he's in you, now put him on. Now later on the Bible will tell you to take thoughts captive. And the enemy will still try to put thoughts in your mind to create new theories, new strongholds, okay? And so that's something you should practice as well. That's another teaching. Right now, we're talking about something that few Christians, 10, 20 years into their Christianity, have even done. Right from day one, you should have been taught to put off your old conduct, to put off the beliefs that those addictions are so powerful, that, that sexual desires are uncontrollable, that you can't control uh, anything from a little cigarette to drugs to alcohol to food. And so, you know, we're just doing our best. Oh, this is serving God. It's so hard. Poppycock. You believe that? Welcome to hell. You'll get to heaven when you die, but you'll live like hell under the control of a substance, an emotion, an attitude, a belief that has no power, but you believe it does. Put it off. And recognize when you're struggling with something, what emotion is present. You don't just put off behavior. You put off the emotion and the thinking that gives that behavior such freedom. 
Why do you act like you do around people? Is it because you fear rejection? So you got to blow hard and brag and show everybody how much how good you are and what you've done. You got to one up every person you talk to. Why? And that behavior bugs you and it destroys relationships. Why? Because you are afraid of being rejected. This low self-worth. So once you recognize that, send it off. Just Low self-worth, get out of here. I'm not letting you wreck my relationships anymore. Get off. Just go away in Jesus' name. Now I'm putting on Christ. I am a child of God. I am a part of the Most High. I am the apple of His eye. He is pleased with me because of Jesus. I am righteous because of Jesus as a gift. And you begin to declare these amazing principles. And as you put off and you put on this incredible process. You just feel this freedom. Every day is freer. Every week you're becoming more you. Every year there's this growth in love. There's a growth in, in patience. There's a growth in self-control. I mean, every year of knowing Jesus is the greatest joy you've ever had. That's the way it is. But if you don't do this, every year becomes stuck. You become so stuck that you don't even feel real. You don't feel authentic. You feel like this new life with Jesus is some kind of a play on words. Well, we've got to keep a stiff upper lip so the next generation follows us too. Why would you want them to follow you? Well, you can't even figure out how to break a simple addiction or how to even fall in love with Jesus. This process is absolutely crucial. And I pray that in the Sundays that are ahead that bring your paper or, or pay attention and let me walk you through to a place where you don't need some miracle where God intervenes because this new life and the Spirit of God within you begins to break and shatter every addiction, destroy every misbelief, raise up the truth of God's Word on the inside of you. Put off, put on the fear of rejection, anger, jealousy, pride. Your heart is an autopilot. This putting on, you know, we talk about putting off, recognize what's going on. Recognize wrong behavior, recognize wrong emotions, and just tell them to go. Put them off. And then the putting on process, a part of that is Romans 1-2, where it talks about make your body a living sacrifice. And it talks about, and renew your mind. This renewing the mind process is a transformational process. It is one of saying, what are the new truths of who I am? What are the new truths of what I can do now that I've given my life to Jesus Christ? And then you begin to walk in such victory. Because now you are taking the wonderful Word of God not as something you have to obey to earn change, the miraculous power of grace, and you believing in that grace has brought about change. Now you need to know who you are. I'll leave with you a verse to study this week in James chapter 1. It teaches us there that we are to take the implanted Word and that in James 1.21, lay aside all the filthiness, all the overflow of wickedness, and just receive with meekness. 
It doesn't say, receive the fight for the word of God. No, receive with meekness the implanted word. That implanted word growing in your heart, like Mark 4 talks about in the teaching of Jesus, saves your soul, your thinking, your emotions, all at this incredible process of putting off the old conduct and beliefs and putting on the new is taught all through the epistles. But for some reason, so many people have missed it. And they struggle for the rest of their life with their own strength when all the power of Jesus on the inside of them is at their disposal. This is so exciting. Father, I pray right now that you would touch every life. I pray every person watching this message around this planet will just feel so much love for you that by grace are we saved. It's a gift, unearned, but we must believe it. And this believing takes place as we lovingly jump into your word and meditate and allow Holy Spirit to plant it in our heart. And we begin to connect at the heart level with these truths. Father, I pray that people would fall in love with your word in the mighty name of Jesus. If you don't know the Jesus I'm talking about today as your Savior, just say right now, Jesus, I choose you. I believe in you. I believe on you. Come into my life. I'm following you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep watching this, this, however you're watching us today, or if you're visiting here in the parking lot, and grow in this beautiful, beautiful life. You are now born again, a brand new creation. Let's find out who you are and what you can do.